And now, from Jack's Medulla Oblongata, it's the IGN Digigods. Please welcome two men whose name is actually Robert Paulson. What? Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. A Robert Paulson reference. Boy, that's confusing. Bob, from whom? Axel Peronia. P-I-R-O-N-I-O. Yeah. Bingo was his name, though. I mean, I don't know. Wow. It was free. Yeah. Axel, long-time listener in France. Thank you, Axel. Uh, Mark, you are sitting over there typing away fiercely. What are you doing? Well, uh, we just got out of uh, The Dilemma. Oh, yeah. The Ron Howard film with Thanks for reminding me. And uh, I am uh, transcribing my notes. You're trying to, oh, because you have to write it up. Uh, I have to write it for Box Office Magazine. Boxoffice.com. God, I, I, can, I can, you know what? I, I've gotten pretty good at being able to read my writing. Because, you know, when you go into a movie, you take yeah, notes. That means I don't. that you, uh, I, so you don't take notes. Never. I did. The first movie I ever reviewed, which was Edward Scissorhands, was the only film I ever took notes for. And after that, I just said, you know what? If there's something that, that I don't remember, that I would need notes to remember, it's, it's not worth writing about. But I have no memory. What's my name? Steve. Thank you. Okay. So if you hear me typing, it's because I'm, I'm, I'm transcribing my notes. But actually, before I transcribe my notes, I have to say that Star Wars is coming out on Blu-ray. Yeah, that's not the right way. They announced this in uh, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And this is the complete saga on Blu-ray. All six live-action Star Wars uh, films. And um, the complete saga is available for $139.99. In uh, in the U.S. and this is very exciting up to a point. <laughs> well, it's not going to be the right it, look. It's going to be the the Lucasized, bastardized, facelifted, and horrible version. Anyone who still wants to see Greedo get shot in cold blood, who wants to see no CGI in their Star Wars, who wants their Star Wars the way that it was released in 1977, still isn't going to get a chance to see it. And not until George Lucas dies, which is kind of sad. He stands as an obstacle to people actually seeing the film that he originally made. Would it really happen after he died? Could he not stipulate in his will? I mean, look, Stanley, but hang on. Yeah, yeah, you're going to go to the Kubrick Kubrick. widescreen thing, yeah. Well, no, not even the widescreen thing, the uh, fear and desire. Yeah. He kept, you know, he hated fear and desire. He kept that thing, he kept that thing under wraps for decades. I know. But after a while, you know, he died in 99. Yeah. You know, whatever, 11 years later. Yeah. We saw it projected. Finally. Finally. Bloody freaking finally. And Jan Harlan and Christiane Kubrick are still around. Yes, but I mean, everybody, they, look, everybody, at a certain point, the people who are supposed to be the keepers of the flame, Leon Vitale and, and that whole crowd, they, they come to their senses. It's always the filmmaker who feels more emotionally invested in somehow trying to maintain control. It's silly. Well, because Kubrick was, was he was about control. Yes. Lucas you know. isn't about control. Lucas is about money. Yes. That Which is, is sad. Anyway. So we're talking about Stanley Kubrick and George Lucas in the same Isn't that amazing? Story. Uh, September 2011 is when you'll be seeing uh, this craziness. And I, for one, am going to buy it because um, it is Star Wars. There you go. Although I'll tell you, in order to make this thing sing on Blu-ray, they're going to have to really go to town on it. Because people will be, this is one of those uh, movers and shakers. This you might. Know- in fact, I'm surprised that the, uh, that the Blu-ray folks are not a little upset that he's not, he's not coming out with this a little sooner. Yeah. Maybe if it was for uh, the summertime. Because now they've got to wait a whole... Because, look, this is going to sell huge. You know what they don't need to wait for? 
what? The Virginity Hit, which comes out next week. Oh, you're because, changing the subject. Because they sent us this amazing swag to remind us of that. This is a like a 10-cent razor that says The Virginity Hit on one side and then printed on the other side on DVD January 18th. And, you know, I was thinking, boy, I need a razor. I'm so glad they sent this to me. I'd like to say something, which is that whenever I've used a, uh, a portable razor, yeah. I always get a good shave. Really? I do. It doesn't matter what portable razor it is. Interesting. I don't know why that is. Although I, I, I wish, is there, and by the way, this has so much to do with DVDs, <laughs> but I have to say, is there an electric razor anywhere in the world that gives you a decent shave? No. There is not. No. Not God one. has still not invented one. Not one. Because I, I, I'd buy it. Yeah, I know. I would too. I, you, look, I used to shave with a razor, but with an electric shaver, but uh, no. No, it's lame. No, lame. By the way, can I say what else I don't do? What don't you do? I do not use a shaving cream. Really? That is true. What do I, you use? I, I, nothing. Nothing? Nothing. What is the difference between a, a, a beard with shaving cream and without? A bunch of white stuff on your face. It doesn't do much. Now, but this is so exciting. This, is, this has nothing to do with DVDs, but I'm fascinated. I mean, I don't um, use shaving cream either. I use, I use uh, you know, the, 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 the brush and the soap. See, that's lame too. The only thing it's I've old u- school. No, it's not. It is old school. Yeah. The only thing I've used. I also use one of those uh, blades that they use to like slit people's throats, and I put on the leather strap and. Like the full-on barber Seville yeah. blade. Yeah. The only thing I've used that will help erase your beard yes. is like oil. Like you, you get like the like three like like an ounce of oil. It's like twenty bucks for an ounce, and it's very yes. that stuff works. But it's very expensive. Yes. So I generally just sort of shave uh, with nothing, and it's fine. Jeez. You get in your shower. You don't bleed or anything. No, you get in wow. your shower, and it's it's you know there's God steam. bless you with nice skin, not me. All right, let's talk. Hey, it's football season, which means baseball DVDs. <laughs> Makes no sense, but anyway. Oh, the San Francisco Giants won the World Series. Uh, maybe you know, maybe you don't. This is the first time they've won it since they moved to um, to uh, California in 1958. And, uh, you know, this was kind of a fun team. They had the Panda and the Freak. And they had uh, that, that, that crazy guy who, uh, who crosses his arms after each save, uh, Brian Wilson. Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, it's good stuff on Blu-ray. This is uh, Buster Posey. He's good, too. There's also some bonus footage, including the um, NL Division Series Game 5 last out, the NL Championship Series Game 6 last, uh, last out. A uh, bunch of good stuff on Egg Durantaria and Freddie Sanchez. Good, um, good baseball stuff from the good folks at uh, the MLB Network. Also, uh, Major League Baseball. By the way, the MLB, the MLB Network. Yes. What about it? Uh, it's pretty much the only network I watch. Really? I watch the MLB Network. Mike uh, watches that too, doesn't he? Mike Rotman, producer Mike from uh, Stupid for Movies. Yes. He's big on that too, isn't he? Yeah. I wa- here's what I watch. I watch the MLB Network, Family Guy, and whatever crappy TV we have to watch for this show. All right. Uh, so there now we what we have is from uh, the good year 1960, we have um, Game 7 of the 1960 World Series. Now, here's the thing about Game 7 of the 1960 World Series. The, um, this, is, uh, this footage was – this is the entire game. Okay. And a lot of this footage has not been seen literally in decades. And wow. this is the game where Bill Mazeroski hit his historic home run. I don't know what that means, but I'll take your word for it. It's the shot heard around the world. Okay. 
so this is good stuff. Game 7 of the 1960 World Series. There's uh, some bonus material, uh, including some season highlights from the Pirates in 1960 and some newsreels. I love the newsreels. And there's some uh, interviews with uh, Yogi Berra, Johnny Blanchard, and some Anything with Yogi Berra, I'm there. It is true. It is true. Yogi Berra. Awesome. You know, that restaurant is so crowded, no one goes there anymore. Really? That's what Yogi Berra said. Actually, you know what? A friend of mine. I know. (laughs) The the pizza story. Go. Okay. I can tell. (laughs) I'll tell that one too. I was going to tell another one. I'll tell that one. Because you said pizza story. Okay. Uh, a friend of mine used to be, his father used to be vice president of the Yankees. Yeah. And uh, he was eating with Yogi Berra at an Italian restaurant. Right. And they order a uh, pizza pie. Waitress says, uh, uh, Mr. Berra, would you like your pie cut into six slices or eight? And Yogi says, better make it six. I can't eat eight. And that's a very famous quote. And he was the witness to that. Yes, he was. That's amazing. That is amazing. Well, uh, not only is it uh, not baseball season, it's not dance season. I don't know what that means. But we have three terrific documentaries about dance, and i got to recommend all three of them. Uh, I'm not, you know, a big dance guy. I like my Fred Astaire and my Gene Kelly and my Leslie Caron and uh, my Sid Charisse, and that's about it. But uh, this is, these are pretty terrific, all of them. They're, uh, and it's funny, they kind of all came out simultaneously. Uh, the first one is Dancing Dreams. If you know anything about Pina Bosch, uh, Pina Bosch died in 2009, but before she died, she uh, put together this dance piece called Contact Zone and cast 40 unknown teenagers. And uh, this is the the 10-month uh, process of putting that together, rehearsing them, teaching them, twisting them, bending them into pretzels. It's pretty terrific. And it'll. Uh, it, this is from First Run Features. And uh, this is just a wonderful, wonderful. Don't don't like rent Step Up or Step Up 3D. This is this is what you want to get. And then the other two docs are about foreign kids who get their chance at kind of pursuing dreams as professional dancers. Um, one is from Film Movement, Only When I Dance which is about a couple of kids from Rio de Janeiro, from the slums, who kind of work. It's kind of a hoop dreams for, for dance. It's really terrific. Any slum story from Rio? I know, it's great. Favela stories? It's great. All great. It's great. This is just terrific. Also includes a really, really good short film called Lila, or Lila, uh, directed by Katarina Sophie Brower from Germany. Um, this And the other film, by the way, is, a, is a kind of a UK-Portugal uh, co-production. And uh, the German film is also terrific. This is about a um, this twelve-year-old who has these um, has like who overcomes certain physical disabilities through dance. It's hey, pretty Wade. terrific. Hey, Wade. Wade. What? Throwing your notes away. I'm done with one page of notes. I'm now on to my next awesome. page of notes. Rock it. This is how to, that's how to multitask. That's right. And then the last one is uh, also from First Run Features, a terrific story called Dancing Across Borders about this kid uh, from Cambodia who uh, kind of, you know, a similar kind of a deal, uh, looking to pursue a dream to become a dancer. And uh, it's just as inspiring, just as exhilarating. Has some great extras on it, um, including some performances from. Uh, the film Tchaikovsky, Pas de Deux, Square Dance, Coppelia, La Sylphide, La Sonambula on the other side. A lot of, a lot of great stuff. Um, so uh, definitely check out all three of these documentaries if you are a fan of dance. Gotta dance. Yeah. Great. Um, also, we, we should, uh, let's see, we got... You don't know what to do next. You're looking well, around, we're, we're, I'm scanning looking around. the we, table. I'm looking. I'm looking at. I'm just trying to figure out what the. Uh, we, I want to hold off on some of this. This is this is our dramatic pile today. 
we have <laughs> stop it are you gonna give me that on top no i'm not uh so just stop it you never get two copies of anything oh occasionally i do yeah, i sure. beg them i always beg them for the two copies yeah, of, the, oh, of, the, of the good stuff but um let's talk about some bad television first just kind of warm the warm the listeners up Hot in Cleveland, season one. This is that Betty White show that has no reason to have Betty White in it because it just kind of sullies her reputation endlessly. Um, Mark, have you seen this show, this TV land show? Uh, I have seen clips of it. I mean, it's you, look. You realize if if your show is on TV Land, you're not getting the best comedy writers out there. But but yeah, and that's the thing. You look. You go Valerie Bertinelli, Jane Leaves, Wendy Malick, Betty White. Wow, what a cast! Yeah, this is 1978. You know what? It's all about the writing, and the writing on this show is terrible. It's just terrible. I, I don't I just don't get it. But anyway, um, if you like the actresses and you can sort of overlook or you want to just sort of watch them and put it on mute, uh, maybe you'll get something out of it. Got a few feature ready things on here, bloopers and a set tour and, you know, uh, not much. Um, and this thing starts a whole new season now. So along with this other thing called Retired at 35, which they threw the pilot episode of on this and I failed to watch it because it's just not interesting. Uh, then we also get uh, Greek Chapter 5, the complete third season. I uh, also, likewise, don't really get this show, but it apparently has some kind of a youthful following. And uh, very little by way of bonus features. There's uh, some featurette stuff, cast and crew audio commentaries on selected episodes, a uh, featurette called Gotcha, some gag reels, the usual. Um, really, honestly, this show just feels like something that belongs in 1985, and I'm not quite sure why. The Kid Who Was in Hot Tub Time Machine is about the only good thing on it, and um, I'll leave it at that. And uh, Big Love, the complete fourth season, as this thing starts its very last season, uh, which starts on January 16th. So obviously, once again, timed to push the, uh, the current season. Um, you know, it's, it's the show has gotten, I actually know someone who's a semi-regular on the show. And um, she's really good. She's a jerk. But she's one of the better ones on the show. So I can't really say anything bad about it. I just have to say, uh, you know, rock on, Mireille. Rock on. Doing well. You know it. Yeah, very well. ER, the complete 14th season. This thing just keeps going and going and going, and then it ended. You know, but here's the thing with ER. By the time they got to, like, putting John Stamos in the cast. Oh, I know, right. It just seemed like now they're it, just like, why not just. Uh, I, I remember. It's when I stopped watching it. I stopped watching it when suddenly I said to myself, there is no one in this cast now that I'm even remotely interested in. Like, yeah, Mar- Mara Tierney shows up for 10 seconds an episode, and I'm done. But at least, at least Tierney is kind of like an actor. Like, John Stamos is like, oh, gee, now Ian Ziering's on ER. Now, you know, every hack guy that was in the 80s. <laughs> Yeah. But it's interesting about this season because this was the uh, first season where John Wells did not write any of the episodes. I know. Uh, he directed one but didn't write any. So really it's kind of running on fumes but uh, and it's kind of coming in for a landing ultimately. And uh, everyone is pretty much glad. I, I, everyone who worked on that show for any extreme length of time, by this time they're saying, you know what, I love the check, I, I, I love the money, but really i got to do other things. That is I gotta, true. i got to do something else. You know, uh, everybody loves... Um, Peter Morgan, because Peter Morgan is a wildly talented, scarily talented uh, screenwriter. Not everything sure he does is. is amazing. Sometimes he's off his game a little bit, but even him off his game is uh, is still great stuff. Here you get him uh, writing, but not directing, 
that special relationship, which is the story of Bill Clinton's uh, relationship Tony with Tony Blair. Yeah. Now, any movie... Surprisingly good, actually. It is good. It's very good. Really good. This was on uh, HBO, and it was nominated for five Emmy Awards. Now, any, movies, uh, any movie written by Peter Morgan having to do with Tony Blair can only mean one thing. Awesomeness. That uh, Michael Sheen plays Tony Blair. Yeah, of course. It's, Michael, it, it, Sheen is, Michael Sheen actually has made a career. Out of playing Peter Morgan characters, particularly Tony Blair. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, Dennis Quaid plays uh, Bill Clinton. Uh, you know, Quaid does the best he can, but you know what? He, I mean, he's good, but you look at him, you're like, you look like Bill Clinton and Dennis Quaid had a baby. <laughs> you look like that. Totally. So God love him, but uh, it's okay. Uh, Sherry Blair played very well by Hope Davis. This is good stuff. I mean, these were. Uh, th- don't forget too. You know, when 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 Blair and Clinton were first uh, kind of forging their relationship, they were relatively young. Yeah. You know, and they had the world. They just they were these guys were running the world, and uh, it's good stuff. Really, is good stuff. That special relationship worth a rental. Definitely. You know, the Ricky Gervais show, um, first season is now on uh, DVD from Warner Brothers. And just as once again, the second season is about to premiere on HBO on January 14th this week. And uh, this is actually a really clever idea. Have you? Have you? I, I missed this on television, and it's it's terrific, actually. Oh no, I'm a huge fan of uh, Ricky Gervais. But it's it's terrific. This is an animated show where they take these podcasts that were apparently legendary, most downloads ever, according to Guinness, and uh, it was just Ricky Gervais just riffing with his buddies. And uh, they've animated them. They've added animation to these original podcasts, and it's really a lot of fun. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the uh, Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks stuff, you know, where they did their their uh, oldest man in the world routine, and then later animation was added to it, which I think is always very clever. You know, there's something about taking adding animation to something that was not intended for animation that always results in much more engaging animation. Does that make sense? <laughs> Wait. Never back, mind. Back up a second. Okay. <laughs> that? Well, you know, it's, it's a little bit... Uh, here's another example. Nick Park and uh, the, uh, his first Oscar for Animal... What was the... Uh, Animal Planet. Animal Kingdom. No. Animal Crackers. Well, anyway, the, the, the short that Nick Park first uh, won his Oscar for, which was basically just a lot of little diatribes and musings, and he animated these, these, the, what these people said and put animals to it. Little kind of claymation, stop-motion mm-hmm. animals. You don't know what you're it's talking awesome. about. It's awesome. It's awesome. Anyway. Uh, no, this is really terrific. The first season of the Ricky Creature Gervais Comforts. show. And uh, definitely check it out. The animation. Creature Comforts? Creature Comforts. Thank you. Anyway, the animation is really, really good. It's, it's kind of old school. Sort of uh, like a Flintstone era animation mixed a little bit with, uh, with a little dash of um, Ren and Stimpy or something. I don't know. Something like that. But uh, really, really good. So uh, top notch. Andy uh, Bialk. Is the guy who did the character design? Max Bialystok. Exactly. There you go. I uh, also want to do a huge plug for some British stuff. Last week we mentioned the um, Sherlock Holmes. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, Hound of the Baskervilles, and now we get the one that I absolutely love, which is uh, Ian Richardson as Sherlock Holmes in the Sign of the Four, which is pretty great. Uh, this is from BFS. And, uh, it, you know, the BFS stuff isn't always the easiest to find out there, uh, but definitely check this out. Ian Richardson is, uh, is terrific, really, really good, and uh, not necessarily the one that most people uh, are aware of, but uh, if you've seen uh, any variation of the sign of the four, or the sign of four, this is probably, I think, at least in the top two. So uh, check it out. It's one of Conan Doyle's better stories and uh, one of the better versions of it. 
Also from PBS, this is it's I can't make it the pick of the week because we got so much other good stuff coming up. But uh, I can't say enough great things about Macbeth. This is Patrick Stewart's amazing performance uh, from the British stage, West End stage performance in Macbeth, which was redone as kind of with kind of a fascist. Uh, tone to it. There was sort of a uh, Spanish-Italian fascist motif going through this thing. I had the enormous privilege of actually seeing this uh, in late 2007 in London, and this thing actually ended its run in uh, December of 2007. I saw it in October of 2007. With Patrick Stewart. With Patrick Stewart, and it was phenomenal. I mean, he was magnetic. It was unbelievable on stage. You don't necessarily get that same dynamic watching it on the DVD, but you do get just how amazing it was, and this is the only way it's been captured. So, I mean, you're never going to see him do this live again. Highly unlikely. So get this now and, uh, and just soak it in. It is so, so good. But be prepared, it is gory. I mean, it is bloody and gory. It really is. And if you go, well, how can a stage production be bloody and gory? Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Just you realize that, be prepared. That, you realize that, that one of the most misbegotten Broadway shows ever was a Broadway version of Carrie. Oh, that's right. I knew about that. It closed after like, I literally think it might have closed after one performance. Holy cow. Quite legendary. My Quite goodness. legendary. Speaking of legendary, David Hasselhoff. Oh, yeah, the Hoff. This is the uh, uh, extended and uncensored Comedy Central roast of David Hasselhoff. You know, when I was growing up, back in the 1860s, yeah, uh, the roasts, the old um, Dean Martin, Dean roast. Martin roasts, I love those. They were, you know what? They were. Uh, they were. Nobody gen- remembers those. They were. They were gently. Uh, they were gentle ribbing. Oh. Gentle, clever ribbing. Yes, we don't do that anymore. No, this is basically <laughs> ripping you a new a hole. With every possible four-letter word and orifice mentioned yeah. within thirty minutes. True. And uh, with Hassel, and and, and thing, thing with Hasselhoff is that with, with with a lot of these Comedy Central roasts, the guys who roast you, they, they they've never even met them. Yeah. You know, uh, but with uh, Hasselhoff, you got uh, Pamela Anderson, Whitney Cummings, Greg Giraldo. Interesting. Uh, George Hamilton, Hulk Hogan, Lisa Lampanelli. Jeffrey Ross uh, is the host of all these things, and um, I used to know Jeffrey Ross. He's a good guy. I, ha- I have to say, of the old school roasts, some of them could get pretty raw. I don't know if you ever heard. No, the- but never. There was never any. any ne- there was ne- there was double entendre stuff, but not yeah. pure blue stuff. Uh, there was only once. I remember once. I think it was Pat McCormick ribbing uh, Milton Berle, and it got really raw. Well, because Milton Berle had a reputation. Yeah, yeah. For his endowment. Yes. Anyway, and, uh, uh, you know, if you like Hasselhoff, go for it. Otherwise, you know, there's the, the thing with the roast is that the, the funniest ones are the ones that roast people you like. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I, like I, I have no love for Hasselhoff. I have no I like him. Hasselhoff. He's groovy. He gets drunk and eats hamburgers and humiliates his family. Awesome. It's awesome. Okay, uh, we got a couple of comedy bits here, a couple of comedy performances from television, both of which I am fond of. Uh, Gabriel Iglesias, I'm Not Fat, I'm Fluffy, live from El Paso, is, uh, is, a, is actually really quite funny. And uh, it is now on Blu-ray. It has been out on DVD before. And, uh, you know, you need the Blu-ray because Gabriel Iglesias is big dude. So more of him means more pixels. And uh, it's worth it. I really do think it's worth it. Uh, again, Blu-ray for comedy. People go like, why? What's the point? It's just, you know, it's funny or it's not. doesn't matter what the resolution is. But something about the live performance really does kind of come through a little better on Blu-ray. And uh, you get extra footage here and some, uh, you know, onstage Q&A stuff with, uh, with fans that was also shot in HD. 
and uh, a deleted scene. But uh, really, the guy is just hilarious and a very, very talented comic who's, uh, who's, I think, got a much brighter future ahead of him. Also funny, but not on HD, on just regular Blu-ray, is Louis C.K. Hilarious, which was originally aired on Comedy Central. Uh, uncut and uncensored, this one. And Louis C.K. can get pretty raw, but that's the whole point of it. He's uh, You love him. You know what? Here's what I like about him. I like about he's one of those few comics who will actually go there. He, doesn't oh, he just, goes there. He goes oh, no, there. he didn't. <laughs> he, oh, no, he didn't. He doesn't sort of dance around the edges, which you kind of get with like somebody like Jim Gaffigan, which is sort of what's funny about Jim Gaffigan is that he dances around the edges. But Louis C.K. just goes all the way over the cliff to the point where even after he said it, you, you go, did he really say that? Did he really? You go, oh, no, he did. Yeah. So anyway, uh, very funny, but be prepared. It's mean. He's a mean man. He's a mean man. Um, Mark, you are... That's your, that's your puppy there. <laughs> I, can't, I can't deal with it. Actually, uh, shut up. You love this show. I can't. I just can't. I don't know why you don't love this. This is so I up can't. your alley. I can't. It's all that pop culture uh, reference it's stuff. It's too much. Oh, Family Guy, it's a trap. This is on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital copy in the same fantastic uh, package. Um, this, of course, is the last chapter in the Family Guy... Uh, yes? No, no, no. I'm just, last chapter in the uh, Family Guy Star Wars spoof. They did Star Wars, they did Empire Strikes Back, and now finally they're doing Return of the Jedi in It's a Trap. This is a, a really funny uh, conclusion to the, uh, to the whole darn thing. And uh, there's, some good, um, there's some good extras on it as well. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. I really like this trilogy. I think it's funny. And uh, what's amazing is that they actually got permission from Fox to do some, uh, use some pretty unusual stuff. They, they were able to use the actual John Williams score. They used the score, the actual John Williams score, the recordings. Lovely. Which is great. Awesome. And uh, also a lot of the um, very same sound effects, the uh, you know, lightsaber sound effects and the, uh, you know, the space gun sound effects. Um, so it's terrific. I think it's really funny and respectful, and I like it a lot. Awesome. And I'm keeping it. You know, what's kind of weird is uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 8 motion comic. This is Blu-ray and DVD. And comic book. Huh? How about that? Uh, this is kind of weird. This is like taking the Buffy the Vampire TV show and continuing it as a motion comic. and um, Which is interesting because it's based on the Dark Horse comic series anyhow. But, uh, I mean, I, I was never a huge fan of the, sh- of the TV show. So I guess I'm not necessarily the best person to go, oh, wow, it's so cool. It's like, it like picks it up and it makes everything sort of quasi-animated and junk and stuff and coolness. Uh, but I could see there being a kind of fan attraction to kind of playing with the Buffy universe this way. And in some ways, I, you know, just kind of glancing through it, it seems like um, it seems like all this stuff makes a lot more sense and feels less cheesy as a motion comic. I don't know. I, I'm never a big fan of motion comics in general, but uh, why not? 19 issues in uh, standard definition on the second disc and in high definition on the first disc. And uh, so you can, you know, you can put it in the car or in the Blu-ray player or whatever. You can bring this thing with you wherever you want. And then real quickly, before uh, Mark drags us into classic television, I got a little thing here called the Narnia Code, now that the uh, current Narnia film is out there and not doing well. Um, this, is, uh, this is sort of like, 
the it's it's taking the idea that somehow there is a uh, Da Vinci code like code somehow hidden just, inside just, C.S. Lewis's writings. Uh, just stop. I know. Anyway. Nobody, you know what? There's no code on anything. Nobody saw Jesus in a tortilla in Mexico. It, it's, the Shroud of Turin. Do you really think the Shroud of Turin is going to have Jesus' face on it? Mm-hmm. Have you ever like dried yourself and put and put the 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 towel to your face? Does you, is there an imprint of your face on your towel? The Shroud of Kaiser. The Shroud of Kaiser. Nobody's seeing uh, <laughs> Narnia codes, and there's no Mayan it's, it's 2012. Int- even there's no if it's, Nostradamus. There's a whole bunch of crap. Even if it's crap, it's Jesus kind of fun to watch. Christ. It supplements your now, enjoyment. Now I'm pissed off. And then the complete season five on two DVDs of the universe, uh, which has become like, you know, the cosmos for our day. I still prefer cosmos because it had Carl Sagan rocking the boat. But there's a lot of cool stuff on this. And some of these episodes are really pretty cool. They get into time travel most notably, which uh, as to whether or not it's possible or not. And um, that I thought was really super cool. That's almost worth the uh, the whole season five alone. And just great graphics to begin with. So check that out. And uh, Lennon NYC, or is it Lennon NYC? It's only one end connecting Lennon and NYC. Uh, John Lennon, obviously all the rage still, uh, and especially this year because we, we had uh, the no- Nowhere Boy. Which is coming out on DVD soon. That is correct. And Blu-ray. Nowhere Boy, about the uh, childhood, the young adulthood of John Lennon. Pretty good movie. Well, this is um, this is about, this is kind of not all about John Lennon, but it's about a particular aspect of John Lennon's life and career, uh, primarily around 1971, when he didn't want to be basically known as the guy from the Beatles, and he was trying to sort of forge a new identity and uh, profile for himself. And uh, it's interesting. A lot of stuff here that I had never seen before, never heard before, uh, unreleased studio recordings, uh, really actually pretty compelling. And um, you get a lot of famous people who kind of weigh in here. Elton John shows up. It's uh, And Yoko Ono, who's a nut, but she even obviously kind of validates this thing as well. So if you want kind of to shine a spotlight, if you're a John Lennon fan and you want to see a movie that shines a spotlight on uh, a particularly interesting part of his career that is often not uh, su- substantially spotlighted or is it spot lit Wait, we have so I much know. stuff to Never go mind. through go go for it check it out all right what do you got there i have uh, the andy griffith show 50th anniversary the best of mayberry now uh this is one collection that has all the uh episodes that the fans love uh what's great here is that it has the full-length episode of the danny thomas show that introduced the uh andy taylor character Okay. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I and I love this. I, I was never the hugest fan of Andy Griffith. I, you know, I was a city kid. I want to see people all rural and drawling their R's and fishing and hunting. Not really into that, but I do love uh, the um, the uh, the cast commercials at the end with the sponsor spots. I love that stuff. That's all in this. Uh, it's good stuff. It's awesome. good. There's also a little bit of a little documentary called "Celebrating 50 Years of Mayberry." That's not bad. Kind of ironic since we just saw a Ron Howard directed movie. We can't get away from the guy, can we? That is true. That is true. Awesome. Speaking of things we can't get away from, it's Mannix, the fourth season. This is the season where Mannix. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, come on. Honestly, it's, we're it's wasting true, like, time. Every episode of Mannix is like every other episode of Mannix. We have so much stuff to go through. All right, I'll blow through it real quickly. Shogun has been out before. This is the commemorative 30th anniversary edition, not on Blu-ray, just DVD. I don't get it. This deserves to be on Blu-ray. They should put it on Blu-ray. Uh, but you get a, a cool 13 
part documentary on the making of Shogun and some uh, historical featurettes, as well as an audio commentary by Jerry London, who directed it. But uh, you got to put this on Blu-ray, folks. If you have the previous Shogun release, you should be fine. There's no reason substantially to upgrade. Uh, but I had forgotten that Orson Welles narrated, which makes it all super cool. Also on the family, finally, the complete eighth season, uh, which is a pretty great season, I got to tell you. This is some of the... Some, this is... This is the second to the last season, and uh, it, it's, it gets really grim in places. This is not a bright and sunny sitcom. This is like a sit-drama in many cases. So definitely check it out. I like, a lot of these, um, I like a lot of these episodes in this season. This is where it really, really got down and dirty. And um, yeah, so that's good. And then Vegas. I'm a big fan of Vegas. Dan Tana, second season, volume one. I wish they'd release them all in one volume, but there it is. Dan Tana, Robert Urich, the wonderful Robert Urich in the show that I just cannot get enough of because he parks his car in his living room. It rules. Not really any extras. <laughs> and that does it for TV. Um, Mark, should we – Should we before let, – let's talk about some current movies. Uh, Alpha and Omega was a horrible, horrible animated film that wasted a lot of good voice talent. Uh, Justin Long, Hayden Panettiere, Dennis Hopper, Danny Glover, Christina Ricci. This is just a dreadful movie. Stay away from it. Absolutely stay away from it. Blu-ray and DVD. But it's not funny, not entertaining. Meet John Doe, new version, 70th Anniversary Ultimate Collector's Edition. This has been out before. It's a great movie. No reason necessarily to upgrade to this. VCI does a decent transfer on this. Uh, there are a lot of other releases out there, but this is this one has some... It's worth renting, I would say, more than buying. It's got some cool featurettes, uh, audio commentary by Ken Barnes, um, and a few little uh, tidbits from Frank Capra woven in. And, uh, you know, it's a great movie. Trouble in Mind is this bizarre movie that was directed by Alan Rudolph that uh, has kind of fallen between the cracks. It's become like a cult film in many respects. It is finally out on DVD, 25th Anniversary Special Edition. Uh, It's got Chris Christopherson, Keith Carradine, uh, Jean-Vierre Bujold. Good performances, odd movie. Alan Rudolph has really vanished as a filmmaker, which is weird because he was like Altman's heir apparent for a moment. And uh, I don't know what happened to him. But anyway, it's, it's not a completely successful film. It's, a, it's an interesting character piece. Um, no way really to substantially explain it. It's just kind of a weird neo-noir with some... I like it. You like it? You know what? I think Alan Rudolph was an interesting guy. He, made, he was actually a, one of the better chroniclers of Los Angeles. Well, that's why this elegant. is like a neo-noir. It's, yeah. it's, it's a little bit like a... I mean, would you, would you say it's like a Dashiell Hammett It thing? is, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but he's definitely in that like John Salesy. Uh, yes. No, 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 no. I want this. Okay. Rock on. What do I want? You ask. Yes. Go ahead. Machete. I like Rob Rodriguez. He's uh, there's something annoying about him, but uh, yet on the other hand, there's something about him that I like because I, you know what? I think with Rob Rodriguez, he makes whatever he wants to make, and God love him for it. Yeah, true. And Machete is not a perfect film, but uh, it's the type of film that uh, is just good old fashioned. Throw it in the DVD and just laugh at all the violence, fun. Yeah. Uh, De Niro actually winds up uh, giving a good performance because this is the type of films he should be doing, not little fuckers. Steven Seagal uh, does a brief little cameo in it. And I like this movie. Uh, it's not a great movie, but it's uh, a lot of fun. And uh, uh, it's on Blu-ray. Looks terrific. And the uh, Blu-ray has a bunch of um, extras on it, which you can check out, including some BD Live stuff. And you know how much Wayne I love BD yeah, Live. Yeah, we love it. Exactly. Uh, there's some deleted scenes on it. And uh, so there you go. Machete. I'd go for it. I would get this. I would at least rent this thing on Blu-ray. I think you'll dig it. 
awesome. It did horribly in theaters because, um, you know, who was going to see this? Well, they didn't send us the 3D version of the new Piranha 3D. They just sent us Piranha, which is the, of course, the reboot Alexander Aha directed redo of Piranha, which um, is actually surprisingly kind of fun and campy. Uh, so, and I, and I like it better when it's not 3D. But if you are going to do 3D, this is this was the movie to do it for. Yes, Blu-ray. that is true. Blu-ray. It's on Blu-ray. That I, is I, I true. got nothing else to say about that. That is true. Uh, Mark, how do we feel about Wall Street Money Never Sleeps? I'm still kind of wrestling with this, to be honest. Um, I liked it. I liked it. Uh, I, I like it, it better than the original, but it still does. I, and, and look, I think we talked about this. Shia LaBeouf, I just think, is the worst thing ever introduced to the world since, you know, like, I don't know, syphilis. And um, But I didn't mind him. Unobjectionable. Well, you know movie. why? Hmm. Because everything that annoys us in him as an actor yeah. is what he needed to sell that character. I guess. I just I don't feel like Wall Street needed a sequel, but the fact that it has a sequel that's now better than Wall Street was, I find somehow strangely reassuring in a backwards way. Well, the thing is that I think Wall Street uh, not needs a sequel, but nowadays, given the state of the, state of, of, of the finances of uh, this country and the average homeowner True. who's un- losing their homes, it, it, there it, really is room for a Wall Street sequel. Uh, and, and is this the sequel you wanted to see? Not necessarily, but, it, but I, at least it feels better researched and kind of more level-headed and, and, and a little richer in the characters. Anyway, it's out. We got the uh, collector's edition on Blu-ray here, and uh, it's a two-disker. It's got a lot of great extras on it, really good extras. Now, mind you, Oliver Stone did not write this. He just directed it. Um, it was written by Alan Lowe. Who also wrote the movie we saw tonight. That's right. The Dilemma. Uh, suffice to say, Alan Loeb does a better job with the script of the Dilemma or of the of uh, Wall Street than the Dilemma. The dilemma is not a good script, but whatever. We'll deal with that on Stupid for Movies, won't we? This yes, Thursday, we eight p.m. Stupidformovies.com. New year. New channel, new bat time. Uh, well, anyway, you got a lot of featurette stuff here. But what's interesting is uh, this money, 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 the rise and fall of Wall Street. Uh, I find that actually the probably the best little bit here. There's also a, an audio commentary with Oliver Stone, which ain't so good. The guy's losing it just a little bit. But anyway, worth it on Blu-ray, I think. Uh, and then I'm going to blow quickly through a couple more of these because there's one here that we want to get to because there's a story that goes with it. Uh, the Town is out on Blu-ray and DVD. The Town is the Ben Affleck-directed movie that has gotten way too much attention uh, after the fact. I don't think this is an awards-worthy film in any way whatsoever, but it does have Pete Postlethwaite looking like he's about to die. And, oh, he just did die, didn't Aww, he? Oh, you killed him. Yeah. This well, movie killed him. It must have. Um, anyway, you get uh, there. This is weird because you get an extended cut and a theatrical cut here, both of them with uh, commentaries by Ben Affleck. Which, well, now, the, the extended cut... Yeah. Adds a lot more information about the Ben Affleck character, which I don't think necessarily makes the movie better. No, you know what? It I I'm not going to give it away, but I know what the information is, and yeah. it doesn't make the movie. Better. It doesn't make the movie. You better. know, it's just thing, it's just another version for the sake of having another version. I mean, the thing with the town, and I begrudgingly liked it. I think when you strip it down to its essence, it's a ridiculous story. It's absurd. You know, but somehow because I think, but because Affleck and his DP really give that thing. Uh, uh, more authenticity, more uh, it's more real looking and feeling than I think the material actually ever would have warranted. And I'm also going to say Rebecca Hall is a great actress, can do no wrong. Uh, she just is great in everything she does. Uh, she's British, by the way. You know, Sir Peter Hall, the stage director. That is true. It's, it's his, uh, his daughter. Uh, and uh, look, let's face it, Jeremy Renner, terrific. John Hamm, terrific. I think they bring. You know what, weight. John Hamm, by the way, 
not terrific. You don't think so? I do not. Really? I, I, you know what? I not on the not on the John Hamm bandwagon. Not not in this movie. I think he okay. had to play this this hardcore guy. I, I, I didn't buy it. Didn't like him in that. Well, but you know what? Look, I, it ends in this big shootout. It, it, it really is. And then Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul is just, it, I, I fell asleep in this movie. This is just horrible. Zack yeah, Snyder should just, he, it is amazing animation, which is the problem. These crazy owls and this nonsensical, uh, just mythical bunch of BS crap all thrown together. It's like all that uh, Joseph Campbell junk from everything from Star Wars to, the, to Lord of the Rings, all kind of thrown into a blender and with a bunch of owls that all look the same and the evil owls and the good owls and some big magnetic web that hypnotizes good owls and turns them into drones. I don't know. it. None of it makes any sense. And it has his stupid uh, slow motion, speed up slow motion stuff in it as well. And that's Surpri- what he'll be doing in Superman. When and surprising, he does Superman, surprisingly it. violent for a PG-rated film. i got to be telling It's just get with it. This thing is really kind of a brutal movie. Should have been PG-13. Anyway, um, it was a 3D film. Not good in 3D, not good in 2D. But if you want to watch it, it's on Blu-ray and DVD and digital copy all in one set. Mark, tell the people about our social network experience. Because the social network is on DVD and Blu-ray this week, just in time to start its big Oscar run. Hang on, wait. I'm, I'm checking my, uh, my uh, JDate account. Oh, on, is that a Facebook thing? No, it's on uh, JDate. Well, we got to talk about the social network. We do? Yes, we do. Fine. Because... Hang on. I'm writing this number down. Okay. Got to call this girl. Got a number on JDate. Oh, I'm sorry. Look at this. Mark's Mark's uh, <laughs> dating activities. Mark's love life is interfering with our oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, the love life, the one I don't have. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's the thing, Wade. So, uh, bl- uh, what's it called? Where did we get our Blu-rays, Mark? They so, weren't mailed to us, were they? No, we actually were handed them on the street. We were. <laughs> we handed them on the street. Uh, Wade and I went to a... Uh, here's the thing. Let's back up for a second. Sony, <laughs> Sony sees the writing on the wall. Yes, they do. This movie's going to win Best Picture. I was going to say that the King's Speech was going to win Best Picture, but it suddenly feels like the momentum has switched now that every single critics organization, everyone, every critic, it's unreal. Every critics organization, ours included, and I wasn't one of the people who voted for it, but every critics group has like anointed this film the Best Picture of the Year, which has not, which has happened only to two other films in like the last 15, 16 years. And that was um, at least 20 years. And that was Schindler's List, and uh, which went on, went on to win the Oscar. And the other being L.A. Confidential, which failed in its run against Titanic. So is this going to be an, uh, a Schindler or an L.A. Confidential? Will it be a, uh, will it be a uh, Saving Private Ryan or will it be a Shakespeare in Love upset by I, King's who Speech? Who knows? I, I don't know. I still think King's Speech is a better film. But anyway, it's, it's a good film. It's still a good film. So here's the thing. Uh, uh, Sony sees the writing on the wall. They want to keep this thing in the press, in the media, out there during this crucial voting time. So what they did was Sony threw an enormous DVD release party, Blu-ray release party at Spago. Now, Spago is the uh, restaurant uh, run by Wolfgang Puck, one of the world's most famous chefs. And if you eat at Spago, you're going to be eating good food. Oh, yes, now, you will. I oh, did, yes, you will. Now, I did the best I could tonight eat all day. Of course, I, I can't really do that. I mm-hmm. just have to eat. So by the time I got to Spago, I was maybe, you know, my stomach was maybe half full. Mm-hmm. However, we got there. Wade sat down in the back. He got there before I did. I, I got there, and uh, I scoped the place out. I got there right when uh, the doors opened, and I scoped the place out, and I said, okay, the food is being made right there in the kitchen behind those big glass windows where I can see all the cooks working it. I'm going to grab me a booth right there, because then when the guys come out with the hors d'oeuvres, you are first in line. 
They're going to offer it first to you before anybody else gets their grubby fingers on it. And by the way, they did. Oh, they did. I found Wade in the back. Yep. Wade was just eating food in a little, little plate by himself. What? No. I was rocking two plates, bro. I was rocking two plates. We ate so effing much. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the thing. They had, they had all those hors d'oeuvres, which are delicious. Oh, and they also so had uh, a, sta- a carving station. Yeah. With, with uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, mashed potatoes that you love. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And then they had, here's the thing. They had dessert, which is usually where I live. Uh, but the dessert, not that great. Now, uh, the whole cast was there. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, who does a... I, actually, I think Jesse Eisenberg is getting a little underpraised for his role. I think he's terrific. And I don't like that kid. It's a little bit like Shia LaBeouf. I have the same issues with both of them. Uh, but it's the same thing. Everything I don't like yeah, about Jesse Eisenberg... I agree. Is what makes him his portrayal of this character work he's, for me? And I agree, he's really good in it. I, I don't know that he's one of the best. He's not Colin Firth good, but he's good. No, but if, if you put imagine what other actor are you going to put in You're that not. role? You're going to put one Michael Sarah? No. <laughs> Can you imagine Michael Sarah in Social Network? I mean, you know, Who you else might you put in that role. Tobey Maguire. I don't know. I it, Toby, it'd be dreadful, just <laughs> dreadful. I mean, seriously, it's it's like when you think of when you think of best actors, you think if you took him out of the movie and replaced him with somebody else. Would the movie have been as good? I What's just funny was don't see he, it. He, and he was there at our little, uh, our little. You cannot uh, tell that story. I can't. I can't tell the story because a, a well, a certain colleague of ours went and uh, conversed with him and uh, was so enamored of him that our colleague said uh, talking to him was like rape. <laughs> that was very funny. Enormously, that was not me. Enormously amusing. It was funny. That line was, was in the way that it was delivered, was delivered with such relish. It, it, it kind of sent us into a tizzy for the rest of the evening. Anyway, uh, well, that's, uh, that's Social Network, which, by the way, is a fantastic Blu-ray. Uh, they shot the thing with the red camera, which always transfers beautifully to Blu-ray. The last time I saw this, a red film that went just bananas on Blu-ray was uh, District 9. And this has that same sheen, you know. The film just, it looks spectacular, really good. You get uh, two audio commentaries on here, one with the uh, cast and Aaron Sorkin and the other with David Fincher. Got to tell you, the Sorkin commentary is the better one. Uh, I really, I think this is more an Aaron Sorkin film than a David Fincher film. Oh, I agree. I, you know, it really it's, just... It, 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 it's a writing showcase, not a directing showcase. And then uh, disc two is just loaded with uh, all kinds of stuff that is begging for an Academy Award, including this uh, really good documentary uh, about how the whole thing kind of came together. Really, really good. And Jeff Cronenworth uh, talks about the uh, the shooting of the thing. And by the way, Jeff Cronenworth, who shot it, son of... Jordan. Who shot... Alien. Blade Runner. I mean, Blade Runner. Yeah. So, uh, you know, good genes there. And uh, a lot of other stuff. Trent Reznor on the score. And uh, it, 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 it's good. I mean, it is a good Blu-ray. It's a really top-notch Blu-ray. And as long as we're into... Uh, here's, here's a segue. Uh, go from Facebook to blogging. Check it out. This is uh, going to talk a little bit about a couple of horror things, and then we'll wrap it up with our amazing batch of, uh, of classics that come out this week. Uh, some horror stuff, just, uh, you know, it's not Halloween or anything, but Bitter Feast is, a, is really kind of a cool nouveau exploitation film. I, it's always hard to find a new twist on the horror genre, but this one finds it, and it finds it because James Legro is such a great actor. James Legro has been an indie darling for so many years, and he plays a chef whose uh, career is destroyed by a blogger. So he kidnaps the blogger and basically um, puts him through these these bizarre like, cooking tests in a remote cabin where if he doesn't fix the food like to perfection, he gets punished. 
Um, what is that? It's hysterical. Like comedy. It, it 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 should be a comedy, but it's somehow it's terrifyingly funny and and funny in a terrifying way. It's pretty great, but uh, it's all because James Legros is just great. James Legros is awesome. He uh, he just rocked it in one of the best recent episodes of uh, Law and Order, and he's just still got it. And the rest are a bunch of After Dark Horror Fest double features that are uh, at long last on Blu-ray. And uh, fans of these, I, I'm going to warn you, a lot of these movies don't really deserve to be on Blu-ray. But if you got to have them on Blu-ray, fine. I'm not going to obviously keep you away from it. Uh, Borderland, the unrated director's cut, and Crazy Eights is one. Uh, the Graves, which uh, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of fond of, and uh, Zombies of Mass Destruction. That's probably the best of the four. Uh, then we get The Grave Dancers and Wicked Little Things. Absolutely no reason to pick up either one of those. And then The Broken and The Butterfly Effect 3 Revelations, which, um, not, you know what, the, the Broken actually it makes a pretty good transfer to Blu-ray. Uh, so anyway, again, none of these films, if you've seen them, if you want to have them, if you have the DVDs, you're perfectly fine. There's no huge reason to upgrade to Blu-ray unless you're just, you want to be a complete Blu-ray purist and not have any filthy DVDs marring the, uh, the line of your shelf. But um, there they are. They're out. So, uh, you know, do what you're going to do. All right, Mark. Highway. Shall we get? I mean, the social network is a big deal this week, but oh, we got two. We got two biggies right here. Oh, you don't have to give me that one, but you could. You want this one? No. Okay. You I want this what. one, don't you? Yes. Oh. I'll they only sent. They only sent me one. You're it's my a, baby. You're a poopy head. I know I'm a poopy head. <laughs> but the uh, the 30th anniversary edition of Martin Scorsese's Raging Bull. Raging Bull, Mark. Raging Bull, by the way, on Blu-ray. That on means Blu-ray. That, that means that resplendent. It is Blu-ray. Black and right, white oh, on Blu-ray. Michael Chapman's unbelievable Oscar-winning cinematography on Blu-ray in black and white. Blu-ray and DVD here, by the way. Um, this film is just it gets better and better and better all the time, and especially with the fighter getting so much attention right now. Like, I mean. David O. Russell got an Oscar, got got uh, a DGA nomination. I today. know. Is that weird? It's like, it's like the resurrection of uh, David of his Russell. career. Yeah. But but it's like his least interesting film. I mean, it's not a bad film, but it's not a great film. It's just there. It's just it's fine. It's adequate. It's safe. It doesn't take any risks, and it is what it is. But it's no Raging Bull, uh, not even close. But anyway, you know um, the story of why Scorsese shot this in black and white. Tell us. At first, they were supposed to shoot this in uh, in color, mm-hmm. and Scorsese didn't like the test footage that they shot in the ring. Interesting. They were trying to figure out why. Now, Scorsese was, uh, one of Scorsese's mentors was Michael Powell. Yeah. From the Powell Pressburger films, the Archer films. And, uh, whose, whose wife, Telma Schoonmacher, has long been a longtime editor for Scorsese. She's right. cut almost all of his stuff. So, as the years. story goes, Michael Powell, a uh, friend of Scorsese's, one of Scorsese's mentors, said that what was throwing him off was the color of the gloves and the color of the gloves was kind of like taking attention away from, from the fighters and their mm-hmm. faces and the detail. And that was, that's what was throwing him off. And so Scorsese said, let's try it in black and white hmm. and the rest, uh, you know, I mean, it just, it just, it was amazing. You know? Sweet. That's supposedly that's the story of why yeah. he shot it in black and white. Well, 
It's a, it's, it's just extraordinary. Uh, it really is. I mean, it just looks unbelievable. Great, amazing detail. Unbelievable detail. Now, mind you, the whole movie is not in black and white. There is the home movie footage in it, which is in color, which is a great little twist. Uh, you know, the reality of the film is all black and white, whereas the perception of reality, this, the footage within the footage, the, the film within the film is all uh, in, in color. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. You get three commentaries. Three. Count them. Three commentaries. Martin Scorsese with Thomas Goonmacher, a cast and crew, and storytellers. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't listen to the other two. The only ones worth listening to, as far as I'm concerned, is Scorsese and Telma. Uh, and then a bunch of featurettes. Uh, an interesting little tidbit here is Kathy Moriarty's Tonight Show appearance uh, in 1981, which uh, was just on the eve of the Oscars. And uh, that's pretty great. A uh, four-part documentary called Raging Bull Fight Night. And um, then this vintage newsreel footage of the real Jake LaMotta. And uh, that's kind of a nice treat, too. By the way, Jake LaMotta, such a tragic life. His, his, like, what has he lost? Three sons? Two sons, something in plane crashes or something. Is that right? Oh, it's unbelievable. Did not it's, know that. It's unbelievable. Anyway, gotta get this. Raging Bull, Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, it's just, it's the best. Absolutely the best. Uh, some new interviews too, by the way. And then also out this week, and I have mixed feelings about this, and I'll get into this in, the, in a second. Kevin Costner's Dances with Wolves 20th Anniversary. Now, this is a Blu-ray of not the cut that won Academy Awards. This is not the seven Oscar-winning 1990 movie. This is the extended version of that movie, which is almost an hour longer, which in my opinion is far superior. The original Dances with Wolves, which is about three hours and one minute. How long do you want? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. The original Dances with Wolves is a good film, a really good film that I liked a lot. It's three hours long. It's about three hours and a minute. And then um, in, I think it was 1990, maybe 1990, I actually, no, hold on. The movie was, no, it had to be late 90s because the movie came out in 1990. So the movie was 1990. So it was 19, let me do the math on this. It'd be like 1990, maybe 1993, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, I was in Paris and I saw the four-hour cut at a theater in Paris called the Grand Rex, which is enormous. It's like four stories high, three balconies. It's just obnoxious. Giant screen, seats something like 4,000 people. Huge. And it was unbelievable. I, I could not believe how good the four-hour version was. It had an intermission, but it, was, it filled in so many blanks, and it just elaborated more on the Indian culture, and the narrative was just so much richer. Uh, I, it was amazing how much better it was. A, honestly, a masterpiece, a far better film. However... I do think they should be releasing, for the 20th anniversary, they should be releasing the film that won seven Academy Awards. Release both cuts, but please at least release the one that won seven Academy Awards just for historic purposes, just so that we have an actual record of the, that film still. Yeah, but you know which movie should have won Best Picture that year? Hmm. Goodfellas. That was the better film that year, wasn't it? Yeah. But this is all... Anyway, politically correct. Water under the bridge. Blah, blah. Yeah. Well, two discs here. Uh, you, you get the extended version of this with a great audio commentary by Costner and Jim Wilson. Another audio commentary by uh, Dean Semler and editor Neil Travis. Semler is a terrific uh, cinematographer, good guy from Down Under. And uh, a whole bunch of feature ready stuff as well. But uh, as well as the original making of uh, featurette and um, the original trailer, which feels kind of cheesy now. The 7.1 audio is just beautiful. That John Barry music 
is spectacular. But I still want the uh, I want the other cut. I want the other cut, man. They should they need to do that for us, even if it's not the best version. And then three more quick little classics this week that you should be aware of. Uh, Once upon a time in America. Uh, not the most brilliant transfer that I was hoping for. Warner Brothers uh, seems to have spat this one out without as much attention as I would have liked. Uh, our buddy Richard Schickel, grumble, 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 does the commentary, and uh, there's a, an excerpt from the documentary Once Upon a Time, Sergio Leone, um, which I would prefer the entire documentary be on here, but that's okay. Uh, other than that, no special features, and... Um, you know, this film is also about nearly four hours long. Pretty great movie, but um, I, I just wish they had given it a, a real kind of... You know, this one almost begs for their that Warner Brothers Blu-ray book treatment, and I hope they're maybe holding off on that. But anyway, Arnon Milchen produced that, too. He's a jerk. He's a, how's your J-Date thing going over there? Uh, I, I just emailed a girl. Did you? She's 35, and she's a, a chef. Really? I'll see if she emails you back. You know why I just mentioned a movie about a chef who kidnaps a blogger. She might, she might kidnap you. That would be okay. Right. At least based on the picture, that would be fine. Yes. And then the last two of these classics. Uh, we got a couple from Criterion here. Robinson Crusoe on Mars. I know what you're thinking. Robinson Crusoe on Mars from Criterion Collection? What is the world coming to? Uh, this film has a fascinating history, and it's, um, it is kind of a cult classic. You know, Criterion has released The, the Blob. Uh, as well, and they, they they come up with some weird exploitation classics every once in a while, and uh, this really is this is a Blu-ray, but it's out on DVD and Blu-ray. Robinson Crusoe on Mars is uh, is this bizarre movie from 1964, directed by Byron Haskin, who was uh, previously did the special effects on the War of the Worlds and a lot of stuff on television, and uh, it's uh, it's it's kind of a, a film ahead of its time in many respects about an astronaut who. Uh, crash lands on Mars and has to somehow do the Robinson Crusoe thing and stay alive. Um, a little bit a little bit dated, but, you know, you look at it and you go, wow, they didn't have CGI back then, and that's pretty impressive. Uh, tons and tons and tons of the usual Criterion extras on here, including a music video for the song Robinson Crusoe on Mars. And then the last Criterion Collection film this week, which I think is a must-have, is uh, Army of Shadows by Jean-Pierre Melville which uh, is uh, about the French resistance during World War II. That's and a great film. It's a great film. But the amazing thing about this film was that it, it, it was never screened in the United States until 2006. And a lot, it wound up on a lot of top ten lists that year. You know? And I didn't put it on mine because I was like, I, I didn't feel like, I, like it was honest. You know? it's a, it's a, I mean, just because it wasn't released until 2006, should I? And I kind of struggled with that. But a lot of our colleagues felt like, nope, it's a 2006 film. So they put it on their top tens. But it is great, and in here's a little uh, a little bit about the cast. You know who one of the cast members in this is, don't you? Oh, Andy Griffith. Jean, where did you come up with that one? Jean Pierre Cassel. Oh, who's the father, father of? of Vincent Cassel, who is a pretty great actor. He's cool. Amazing actor. He was in, in Black Swan. Oh yeah, he's he's really good in Black Swan. He is good in Black Swan. Did you, by the way, did you see the Black Swan spoof on Saturday Night Live? Everyone's talking about with that. With Jim Carrey. Oh my gosh, it. you have to go onto onto you know whatever it is. What's the what's the NBC site? NBC.com. No, no, no. The NBC site that has all the. It's not uh, it's Hulu. Go onto Hulu. Oh really? Go onto Hulu and oh. check it out. Oh my gosh, it is so beyond funny. I I just I could not stop crying. I was laughing so hard. 
Uh, anyway, uh, we'll get back to Army of Shadows here. Army of Shadows is a great, great film, and uh, very, still very, very timely, believe it or not. Um, this includes uh, tons of great extras here, including an audio commentary by film historian Jeanette Vincendo, um, some interviews with the uh, people who were involved in the film, uh, great uh, footage from, uh, from when it was shot of, of Melville uh, doing his thing, and a really cool short documentary um, called uh, Le Journal de la Résistance from 1944, which was actually shot during the final days of the German occupation. So amazing stuff on here, a real chunk of history. And with that, we're done. Check us out, Stupid for Movies, Thursday, 8 o'clock Pacific time at stupidformovies.com. See you next week.